One, two. Hey, what's going on? It's Stokely from Sosondolay. Oh, this guy really, oh my goodness. This guy cut the whole highway with two little home-style lawnmowers and cleaned it up better than the DOT cleans it up with with the with the uh, with the people that are on um, a worker worker work work you know work program you know like when you get arrested when people get arrested sometimes they make them clean up the highway and stuff like that like he did it all by himself that's amazing he's a hardworking man right here um not even a ride along more just two regular baby size lawnmowers. That's tenacity. That's work ethic right there. But hey, what's going on, man? Life is good, man. You know what? I, I <laughs> you know, shout out to the environmentalists, man. They really, really, they really know what's, you know, they know what's going on. We all know a little bit about what's going on. And then sometimes we get a little extremist with it and we get a little, go a little far with it. We know we know what's going on. We know what the right thing to do is. We know um, the reality of situations. You know, people that are, you know, have an issue with environmentalists are typically uh, have an issue with environmentalists because they're interfering with um, commercial activities, capitalistic activities, which, you know, I am a partaker in. So, um, you know, money generating economic activity. Typically, people have an issue with environmentalists because they interfere with economic activity. That's really, the, you know, uh, this is very political now. But that's initially where, you know, environmentalists started off. Um, in my opinion, you know, they said, you know, listen, uh, maybe we shouldn't dump uh, the chemicals into the water because guess what? Uh, it kills the fish. You can't get the fish to eat. That affects somebody else's economic uh, fishery uh, business, fish catching business. At the same time, that same chemical that you put into the water goes underground into the water table and comes back up and you drink it and you get sick, you get cancer, you get a variety of ailments. Um, so you're actually hurting yourself. So, hey, listen to me. I'm an environmentalist. Instead of dumping that chemical in the water, what you should do is treat it first and either store it or treat it and then release it into the water if you don't have a choice. Right? So what's wrong with that? What's wrong? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. What do you see that's wrong with that? Yes, the environmentalists made the cost higher for the company that was dumping it because the company was like, eh. It's just water. Let's dump stuff in here. No, nobody cares. Nobody cares over here. We, we own this land right here. We're dumping the water. We're dumping our waste into it. Yes, it increased the cost for that company because now they can't just dump it. You know, like General... Was it General Electric? I think it's General Electric dump PCBs into the water of New York City, Hudson River. And then they had to come clean it up for millions of dollars later on. Now, fortunately, the water that we drink in New York comes from the Catskills, a little north, I guess, of where GE was dumping the water. So we didn't drink it. I don't think so. Um, but I've uh, I've participated. Well, I've, I've attended public hearings where they were determining whether they're going to open up uh, a pump station 
um, I'm sorry, a groundwater well in my area that had um, gasoline from gas stations and dry cleaner cleaning chemicals that had leached into the water table and they were intending on reopening that pump station and putting that water into circulation again. So, you know, it's not... Um, and this is before we started talking about PFAS and PFOAs. You know? This is before we started talking about those things. So, um, environmentalists some environmentalists, the original environmentalists, have wonderful, great ideas I think that everyone could resonate with. But since they interfered with the cost of things, since they interfered with the commercial business practices of some organizations that were polluting the environment, then there was a pushback against them to demonize them uh, and to um, to 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 make them look as if they are harming somebody. Now you know, and I'm talking about the environmentalists from the 1970s, 80s, and the 90s. You know, the environmentalists were about you know because people are gonna people the same people some of the same people who are saying hey. Uh, these environmentalists are interfering with business and making things more expensive. Later on, 10 years, maybe maybe not that much longer later, they're saying, oh, the water is making us sick. Well, um, you remember those environmentalists, what they were talking about? And you told them, get out of here. You're interfering with business and you're, you're making stuff cost higher, cost more. Well, they were telling you before... Uh, that stuff is no good for you. You know, it's hard, you know, it's hard. Um, in the Bible, you know, and I talk, I spoke about it before. People talk about it all the time. Moses freed his people from slavery in Egypt. And during the time that they were traversing the wilderness in order to get to the promised land. Multiple times, multiple times they said to him, they said, they came together and said, hey, Moses doesn't know what he's doing. We, we had a better lifestyle back in Egypt. Slavery, right? They were in slavery, but they said they, they had a better lifestyle. So, They'd rather be a slave in Egypt, working every day, killed without any kind of acknowledgement. Because when Moses killed that Egyptian, you know, he was going to beat that man to death or something like that. So anyhow, um, so they, they'd rather be back in Egypt, subjugated, not sovereign, not able to practice their religion in a way that they well. And then again, wait a minute, they were able to practice their religion. Actually, actually, they were able to practice their religion. 
but they were not able to be self-determined and um, they rather do that than walk through the wilderness so then the walking through the wilderness must have been very difficult well it was difficult at one point but everything was provided for them God gave them food manna from heaven I guess it wasn't tasty it wasn't really too tasty you know God gave him manna from heaven water to drink you know I think you know I don't know what else but they weren't ready to stick with the commitment and trust the process um, to get to where they needed to get to. So that's how people are, you know what I mean? They don't necessarily see the vision. They didn't see, I guess, Moses' vision because he was the one that was in communication with God. They weren't, now I'm not so firm about using this story as an example. So Moses had the vision. Moses had the communication with God. They didn't have the communication with God. They did not have the vision. They didn't, they didn't get the, you know, they didn't get the message. They didn't have the direct relationship with God. Moses did. So it's it's understandable that they were questionable because they're like, wait a minute, you know, we're not talking to God directly. You're talking to him. And, um, you know, we don't, it doesn't look like you know where you're going because we've been walking here for how many years now? We've been walking here for how many years and we still haven't gotten there yet. You know. But I guess this is a parable. Got to be a parable. I guess it's a parable because the promised land wouldn't be shown to them until they were worthy to see it. So maybe if they had faith earlier, they would have found it earlier. We'll never know. Maybe if they, if they kept the faith, they would have seen it. But it's difficult to put your faith into man. Because, you know what I mean? They're not in direct communication with God. Moses is. Not them. So you're telling me you know, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You know, the Wizard of Oz is telling you this and that, 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 that. Pulling the strings behind the scene. When you really look, you know. I mean, based on our jaded view of society now that we know of all these scams and whatever in life. It will be even harder to, today to, to follow somebody like that. We know about the Branch Davidians. We know about Heaven's Gate. We know about Nexium. We know about all these cults that have deceived their members and brought them to their deaths. We know, we know about Jonestown. Um, so, you know, we know about all these men who say they're leaders and we're supposed to follow them. And since these things have been happening throughout time, huh, I'm pretty sure they happened back in the past before, you know, these, these, these cult leaders who exploit their members wow you know what it shows that everybody's looking for somebody to save them they don't necessarily we don't we don't I don't want to say they everything is we because it's a part of me and everybody so we don't we don't want 
we want somebody to save us. We want somebody to give us the answers. We want somebody to show us the way. We want somebody to make it easy for us. Can you make it easy? And that's how you make money, actually. My boss the other day, he was saying something about problems. I said, well, and he already knew this. He's, he's smart and whatever. I said, you know, if there were no problems, we wouldn't have a job. We get paid to solve problems. Cult members, they're able to exploit their, their followers because they solve a problem. They solve, they make it seem like they, have, they know the way. I know the way. Follow me. It's going to be easy. But then it's not really easy because they say, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta give up all your. Um, you gotta give me all your earnings. You gotta work all day. You gotta leave your family behind. You gotta be ostracized from them. Oh my gosh, the cult members want you to be ostracized from your family. They want to take your resources, and they want to lead you to wherever. You're going to advance their interests solely, not your interests. But they're telling you that you're solely advancing my interests and it's going to lead you to where you need to go. I'm going to show you the way by making you do what I want you to do and you're going to advance my interests. And that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to find your uh, peace. That's how you're going to find happiness and nirvana and all these things. No disrespect to Buddhists. I'm just using that word in the general sense. The um, People want to do that too in your daily life. People want to ask you, you know, you have friends that say, you know, why are you hanging out with those friends over there? And they're not doing it because of your safety. They're doing it because they're jealous. They want to ostracize you and keep you over here. Spouses do the same thing. They want to take you and move you some other place in, in a country. Keep you isolated from your family. Keep you ostracized and, you know, alienated. So that they can indoctrinate you. And they're telling you that, you know what? I'm doing this because I love you. I'm doing this because I'm doing it all for you. No, they're not really doing it for you. They're doing it for themselves. They're doing it so they can control you, control your resources. And uh, have you advance their interests. Your interests be. You know. Are of no value. Anyhow. Uh, I got some work to do. So what I was talking about. What was I talking about? I was talking about. Why did I talk even about Moses? I was talking about people just being ungrateful. And having no faith. But how did I get to that? about talking about Moses. I don't even remember. Let me see. First, I was talking about... Oh, man. You got to give me a moment. I was talking about... Oh, man. I was talking about environmentalists and how en environmentalists had some foresight regarding pollution and what would be happening to us. Um... In this day, but we shun them 
But understandably, it's hard to put our faith in the people and believe people. Unfortunately, we believe people who are successful and have an air of success to them. So we're more likely to believe the corporation over the scruffy, unwashed, barefooted, long hair, hippie environmentalist. We, we, we don't, we're not going to believe in him because we're like, wait a minute. You don't have a job. You don't have any assets. You haven't built anything. You're just hanging around smoking marijuana. And you're telling me that the chemicals in the water are going to make us sick? Yeah. Yeah, they might make us sick if we drink it, but it's never going to get to me. It's just going in the river. And then people don't realize that, well, the water in that river goes down into the ground, into the water table, and mixes with all water. And if you watch the movie Avatar, they say water has no end or beginning. So anyhow, it ends up in the sky and, you know, whatever. All these smokestacks that are blowing smoke into the air, you know, it's going to come back down again. Nah, it's never going to come back down. That successful corporation said it's safe. You, you're just a bum. I don't need to listen to you. You know what? I realize that, you know, just having that meditation right there. I realize I'm just like that. I like to follow people who show success. I don't follow people. I have a hard time following someone who hasn't shown any success. Because you're trying to teach me something, but you can't even accomplish that thing or anything of quantifiable value that I can see. Show me something I can see. So that's that's how we are easily deceived, I guess. You know, medical salesmen, you know, they have the nice watches and the, the nice cars. They, they convince the doctors to take kickbacks and push drugs on people and write prescriptions for certain drugs and give out certain drug samples. You know, that's why we have a, um, that's why we have an opioid epidemic because it started off with um, Oxycontin, Oxycodone. It was widely prescribed. Abused. You know, so anyhow, the hippie environmentalists, I'm going to give a collective apology to you guys because right now we're seeing a lot of um, environmental disasters happening. And even when we have these floods and stuff, you know, a lot of stuff gets just washed out into the ocean, washed out all over the place. We had Hurricane Sandy in New York. Um, and, you know, all the oils and, you know, I see people sometimes on the street throwing their, changing their engine oil and throwing it in the sewer. That's terrible. That water is not treated. It goes straight out. It goes into the power plant sometimes. It goes to the wastewater treatment plant sometimes. But the wastewater treatment plant is not geared to handle transmission oil, engine oil hydraulic fluid, brake fluid. Some of these things are corrosive. We think that the water is so vast and wide that it just gets diluted. But we've been doing these things for, I don't know, since the industrial age, maybe before that. So the parts per million keep increasing, parts per million, parts per million. And who's going to say, which part per million is going to make you sick? How, much, how many ppm is going to make you sick? 
How many parts per million are engine oil? How many parts per million are brake fluid? How many parts per million are transmission fluid? How many parts per million of, uh, I don't know, dioxin is going to cause you to have a health issue? I refuse to drink pipe water at this point. I know where the New York City pipe water come from. It's pretty clean. It's relatively clean. It's pretty clean. Still, I don't want the fluoride and the chlorine and ferric. Well, I forgot what the other one is. But um, the um, I drink pipe water. I'm gonna stop lying. Stop lying, son. I do drink pipe water. I make my tea with pipe water. Oh, you know what? That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the plastic tea bags. Um, but I gotta do some more looking into that. But plastic tea bags. You know, the, the fancy Lipton tea bags, they, they come in plastic. And then some of these artisan uh, slash made in China um, tea bags that you get from people on Etsy and whatever have plastic tea bags, which is supposedly not good for you. Um, I would suggest you get a little diffuser ball, a stainless steel diffuser ball, and buy your raw tea, um, your tea leaves raw. Just in a container, put the tea leaves in your um, in your diffuser and put the diffuser in your in your in your cup, just like that, and uh, and brew it. Or you can get one of those little teapots that has the filter in it. You put your tea into the little filter portion, which is hopefully stainless steel mesh. Pour the hot water over it into the little teacup it looks like a little japanese it looks like a little japanese tea tea thing and uh and brew it that way like they do at the restaurants at the japanese restaurant that's how they do it at least over here but um maybe get away from the the plastic tea bags because um um the plastic leeches in there you don't necessarily want to drink that but um not every plastic is created equal. Plastics that contain BPA and and uh, PBA, which are used to soften, I think it's BPA, which is used to soften the plastic, are promote uh, more likely to have leaching. But the other, you know, like other plastics, other plastics like um, HDPE, LDPE. They don't really leach like that but we don't know yet we just started using HDPE and LDPE I think eh, not so long ago the maybe the 90s but the um what else I want to say boiling point of water is 212 it's hard to get water past 212 unless you compress it so our tea that we the water that we boil in the pot isn't getting far as 212 Fahrenheit really that's why it starts to boil so if the melting point of LDPE HDPE um also PPA I think uh if any of those are even close to 212 like even 300 then you got something to worry about but I don't really don't know what their melting points are I think their melting points are around 13, maybe 1300 degrees 
something like that, whatever, or maybe around 700 because a soldering gun. No, it's more than that because my car has HDPE portions inside of it and my car engine goes up to about 700 degrees Fahrenheit, maybe, maybe even a thousand. So LDPE, HDPE, it's okay. But I don't know what these tea bags are made out of. I just nerded out a while ago and I forgot what I'm talking about. But hey, what I'm saying is that, listen, man, um, you got to pick who you listen to. You can listen to the environmentalist who is like a hippie bum that doesn't do anything, doesn't have a job, doesn't do anything. Or you can listen to the corporation who's tell, who's making millions of dollars. They're very successful. They've proven that they, they know stuff. They're full of scientists who is actually, the corporation is lying to you that these things are not poisonous or pollutive. You can listen to the other Egyptians that say, let's go back to slavery. Or you can listen to Moses, who's kind of proven himself because he actually achieved the freedom he actually brought down the fire tornado he actually split the ocean open i mean if that doesn't prove to you that he knows what he's talking about then you know i don't know so anyhow choose wisely who you listen to choose wisely who you hearken to i really don't know you know, how do you do that? You show me a hippie who doesn't do anything. He doesn't have a job. He just smokes weed all day. But he knows about the environment. Successful rich corporation. On the news. On TV. Celebrity endorsements. Scientific endorsements. Lying to me about the environment. Which one do you pick? I don't even know if it's a lie. I just know that this hippie doesn't do anything. And I know that these people are successful over here. Which one am I going to listen to? This guy that's smoking weed, this guy who is uh, successful. Me, in my limited understanding, I typically listen to the successful person, which is unfortunate. How do you discern? Who are you going to listen to? This little Egyptian over here that says, listen, man, we're better off him back in slavery. Or are you going to listen to Moses, who Moses already showed you? Listen, man, I'm connected with God like that. I can split the sea. I can bring down fire tornadoes. I can bring down pestilence. I can give you manna to eat. I can give you water to drink. And I can overcome giants or whatever. Right? You know, I, I don't know the full story like that. Right? So who are you going to believe? You know what I mean? I guess in that case, Moses was more successful. Moses showed you that he was successful. But still, they didn't have any faith. That's just because, you know, they're just... Anyhow, man, that's that that analogy was no good because the Moses story is kind of different. You know, you gotta really be it just that Moses story shows you how fickle people are. My analogy or example talking about the hippie versus the corporation, that's more about that's not even about being fickle. That's being how to discern, you know, but that's hard. That's hard. Anyhow, man, I ain't saying nothing, man. I gotta get to work, yo. Thanks for listening.